I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will talk about the Padre Twitter drama, they will talk Hall of Fame weekend, and they will discuss the thrilling trade deadline. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the 5.5 Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric LeBou. Eric it has been a shit, uh, shit-stained weekend here on Twitter. Padres Twitter has <laughs> erupted. It has. I mean, oh it's been God. a roller coaster, man, of it's ups eroded. and downs. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Padres Twitter has imploded. It's uh, reminding me of that gif they created where they put LeBron James's face on one of the wrestlers' bodies, and he hit two other uh, he hit two other Cleveland players with a chair from behind. Yeah, yeah. It was you know t- to be honest that I-, I love Padres Twitter. I'm on there all the time, and I. I, th- I thought maybe we should kind of save this for a, a Padre Twitter podcast, um, but at the end of the day, I I didn't really like. I I feel like we kind of have to tiptoe around it a little bit. It's a tough um, thing to talk about. It is like it's not you know it's we we've known Kevin for a while, Kevin Cherry. If you yeah, guys are listening, um, if you guys have found our show, or if you're on Twitter, um, you guys kind of know what happened. There was some. Uh, I mean, there was other stuff that happened. Um, besides Kevin, but I feel like that's kind of been handled and it's fine. But um, so over the weekend, there were some tweets that were, I mean, I'll use the word exposed, dug up, dug up some old tweets from uh, from Kevin from what five years, four or five years ago, whatever. I didn't see the years. Well, it, I just noticed I was tagging something I didn't recognize. Yeah, because I, I, I think you were tagged in it too, weren't you? Yeah, they tagged everyone. No. which like whoever, I don't know why Kevin was targeted. I don't know why they felt the need to put all of those in, in a screenshot. And then not only that, but then just tag everyone, like literally everyone. I, I thought that was kind of fucked up. Um, now, when, when we talk about this, I, I don't want like I don't want to tell people how they should feel about this. Because like if you're sure, a f- you can tell me how you feel. No, like I don't want I'll tell you how I feel about it, yeah. but I don't want to tell people how to feel about it. I don't think there's any there's any right way to feel about it. I'm going to use something as an example. We all remember the Hulk Hogan uh, tape that leaked talking about the guy that was dating his daughter. Right. Very, uh, very loose, loose uh, usage of the of the derogatory N word. Right. Right. Real bad. Hulk Hogan has recently been reinstated into uh, WWE. Went into the locker room and gave a nice, nice, you know, speech and apology. Mm-hmm. And. The res- the reactions to that have been varying from you know the African American wrestlers to yeah we'll welcome him back he's Hulk Hogan he seemed you know honest about it he seemed modest he seemed humbled by it um, and I believe him to um, I think one of the guys uh, who goes by Titus O'Neil basically just coming out and lamb blasting him and shitting all over the the supposed apology so I think with situations like this regard there's no wrong way to feel about it there's no there is no I'm not going to tell you or anybody else on Twitter, you how you feel, how you're reacting to this, how you might see Kevin or anybody else who was basically, I guess, like you said, exposed or who had, you know, the players, right? The Trey Turner and Sean Newcomb had a rough weekend. Right. Uh, Newcomb threw almost a perfect game and then almost a no-hitter. Yeah. And that was great until those old tweets came back, right? right. So, 
you know, how you view those guys, how you might view Kevin Charity going forward or anybody else who, who are getting these old tweets uh, dug up on, that's your opinion. And and I'm, I'm not going to tell somebody how to feel about that because I don't think there's a wrong way to take it, to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, at the same time, ideally, he never would have said that stuff in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Uh, I, I've known Kevin a long time. I've known him a long time. I didn't know these tweets were out there. I think if I told him to his face, it, why? Why would it's stupid? Like you're being an idiot posting that shit. Yeah. You know, and I I read the you know the apology and and I can understand you know where he was coming from. I don't agree with it. I I don't I don't uh, I don't agree with that kind of behavior online. Um, and I think Kevin to this point has owned up to it. You know, so I'm not going to defend him in any way. But um, again, I I don't think how you feel about it is wrong. And I'm not saying you personally, just in general, how anybody listening right now feels about what they saw over the weekend is not wrong. And I'm certainly, and I know you're not certainly going to tell people, oh, this is how you should feel. Because there's no right way. Yeah, I mean, all, all that I'll say, and because someone uh, someone texts me over the weekend and they're like, hey, I'm assuming like you're never going to have Kevin on uh, the podcast again. And I, I kind of thought about it. And at first, I'm like, yeah, it's probably a safe assumption. But then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, first of all, like, it's a stupid podcast. Yeah. Second of all, I've known, I've known Kevin for years. And I've never, like, I, I would never willingly associate myself with a racist. You know what I mean? So, like, sure. if, if someone were to come out and, like, say, because when, when you're not online, when you're just hanging out with your buddies, that's when you get as loose and as colorful as you ever get. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, we've like, we've had some funny bits yeah. on here, well, you know, where we do, like, the whole Mexican thing and stuff like that. And, and yeah. Well, I, well, here's my point. Here's my point. So, like, we've, on the rides up to Elsinore with Kevin, like, we've had some fucked up conversations. Like, like our all of our senses of humor are dark as fuck. But never, ever has it steer has a conversation steered to race. No, that, you know why? Because Kevin's not a racist. I when don't I read believe those he tweets, is. When I read those tweets, here's what I thought: Did it make him look like a dipshit? Yes. Did it make him look like a fucking poser? Yes. Did it make it look like he was trying way too fucking hard? Yes. Did it make him look like a racist? No. Now I would never. I would never put that stuff out. I would never put that stuff out. Absolutely it's stupid. not. It's stupid. He's an idiot for one putting it out there in the first place. Like, how old was he at the time? Twenty, mid twenties. No idea. He's he's an idiot for putting it out the at the first time. But you know, he said he was he was seeking attention. If that's your way of seeking attention, I mean, I think it's fucking dumb. But that's how that's his that was his outlet at yeah, the time. Yeah, and anxiety. You know, anxiety is a real. I personally, daily basis, struggle with personal anxiety. So. What he's saying, what he's attributing to why he was doing something, I can buy into. I don't agree with how he went about it, but you know, I, I would agree. You know, we've had some some raunchy conversations on the way to Elsinore, you yeah. know, going up there, but never did it turn into racist, like awfully distasteful racist jokes. Like no, ever. that that's never popped up. And I mean, personally, if you ask me, I can't tell you if Kevin's a racist or not. If you ask me honestly, no, I don't think he's a racist. Right. But we don't really know, right? Like. I don't know if you're racist. I don't think you're racist. No. But you don't think I'm racist. But you never really know, right? So, you know, for me, I, I can only tell you about the man that I personally know. When I saw the tweets, I'm like, holy shit, that's... It was a bad look. But I, then also a yeah. lot of it, like, a lot of it, he was posting rap lyrics. Like, I'm not saying all of them were rap lyrics. But see, but like, I didn't know that. I mean, and I, and I can see where people get, like, where people would see that. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, in the neighborhood I grew up in as a kid, my neighborhood's... Until I moved out into East County, Santee, East County at 17, where I still got, I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb. My neighborhood, that word, that that term was commonplace, regardless if you were 
Hispanic, African American. You know, the, those were the two predominant ethnicities in my neighborhood when I grew up. When my friends, my friends were predominantly Hispanic, predominantly African American. To be honest with you, more I had more African American friends growing up into high school than I did Hispanic friends. It was a common term. So for me, like, yeah, I used to say when I was a kid, like an idiot, because I was a dumb 12, 13 year old kid. So for me, the way I saw that he wrote it, I didn't think it was derogatory towards anybody. I was just shocked that he fucking put it out there. I didn't know they were lyrics. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, A lot of like the more explicit shit were lyrics. See, and I didn't then, know that. I read it like, why is he trying to be... Like, it comes off like he's trying to be tough, right? Like, he's trying to be yeah, cool. Yeah. So, But I didn't know that. So I could see somebody reading that, because I don't know fucking rap lyrics. So I could see somebody reading that and thinking, like you said, like, dude, this guy's like trying way too hard. And it's kind of... It's, it's offensive in the way that he's trying. No, no. It's just like... I, I don't know. I mean, it, like I, I like my stomach is in knots just yeah, talking about it. And we just do a awful stupid, weekend. Yeah, we just do like a stupid podcast. But I just like, I don't know. Like if you guys want to be offended by it, I mean, that's that's fine. That's your um, right. I mean, that's how you feel. I mean, and at the same time, it's like, oh, hey, here's this white guy saying he's not offended by it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, oh, great. I mean but, I, I, I'm, I'm hit and miss. Like, I I guess what I'm trying to say is that if, if, you, if you feel like – if you're pissed off about it, that's fine. And Kevin himself even said, like, that's fine. But, like, I, I feel like to constantly go after the guy and to just kind of, you know, like, make him, like, this, like, hated figure that he's turned out to be on Turn on him into, a, like, a pariah. Yeah, like, that's... Leper. I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree. That's not the approach I would take for it. I feel like... There's a lot of um, sanctimonious things that are going on. on yeah, I mean, Jose Reyes is a woman beater, and uh, he's pitching in a major league game. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Roberto Osuna, is that yeah. his name? Yeah. yeah. The Astros, who have a, a, no toler- a zero-tolerance policy on domestic violence, basically violated their own policy by trading for that guy, yeah. making millions of dollars. Josh Hader said some really racist shit. Mm-hmm. He's in no fear of losing his job. I can tell you personally right now, I, I talked to Kevin when it happened, we had a, a discussion, a, a dialogue going with me, him, the and Eric. The fucking guy's going through it right now, dude. Yeah, like, he's going, and, I, and I've and i I've talked to him in the last couple of days. You know, this shit's, it, it's, it's real, it's real life stuff. You know, when that stuff comes out, like, I, I've seen nothing but regret. Again, not defending what he did. It's fucking idiotic. He should have never said it. Yeah, it was stupid. But, but if, and if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly advise to go back and listen to it. It's been on Twitter. I, I've retweeted it. Woods has retweeted it. Go back and listen to Ben and Woods uh, Monday morning where Woods comes out and says, like, yeah, hey, I was flat out, like, homophobic. I said shit like that all the time. And at some point, you changed. So maybe Kevin was like that well before you and I knew him. Who fucking knows? But even then, like, he's not going out there, like, saying, like, hey, yeah. you're an N-word. You I know mean, what I mean? Like, you dumb I, N-word. He's not doing he's that. He's not, but I could see him he using... He being a fucking poser. He was. He's being a poser. But I can see people viewing it like how insensitive of him to do that. And it's... Yeah. it's and I can see that aspect. But I also think that, you know, as time goes on, people do change. I, I mean, I look at Kevin, I look at him like some old fart with a family. You know, that's what he is. He goes <laughs> yeah. to work, he writes, and he eats an old fart with a family. Yeah. If you talk to him, that's all he talks about is, you know, oh, I can't go anywhere with my kids. He gives me the same excuse that I give when yeah. I can't go anywhere. Yeah, you love or, that excuse. Or don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, if, if you haven't listened to it, Stephen Woods makes a really strong point about, you know, when you get to a certain part of your life, and I can tell you the same thing, you know, when I was a fucking dumb kid in high school, you know, you do things that are stupid and that are wrong, but you don't realize they're that wrong until you get older, and sometimes you have to own up to those mistakes. Unfortunately, um, from Kevin's perspective, he's having something that he did, clearly forgot about. Oh, he owned up to oh, it. Oh, yeah, dude. he owned up to like it. It's not like he's running away from yeah, it. Yeah, and he's going through it 
He's going through it right now. If you want to view him and and as you know, and say you know what I'm done with him. And there's been people you mentioned somebody you know had a private dialogue with you about like are you guys done with him? Right. We've seen on Twitter people have been very passionate about like I'm done with him. I'm and that's done. That's fine. With him. Yeah, that's I'm fine. sure Mad Friars is going to lose some subscribers. I highly doubt we ever see Kevin on uh, on uh, on or hear from him on 1090. He might not get credentialed anymore. Like, there's a lot of repercussions, and I, I 100% understand that. I 100% support that because you know, you're going to feel how you feel. Personally, I'm not going to look at the guy and just rip him to shreds. He made right. an awful mistake. The perception of him has changed. For me, it's going to be how are you going to go going forward? Like, you know, show me that this isn't who you are. Because yeah. at this point, it was I. I didn't. I would have never guessed it. But show me who you are going forward. And you know, I do think at some point people can make amends. Yeah, because like you said, it wasn't di- it wasn't directed towards anybody. Like he didn't point out and say you dirty n word or yeah, and, you if, know, and if you guys you if, flaming f word, and I can already see how it's going to go right now. Like people are going to listen to this and they're going to throw one of the tweets in our face. Like, yeah, what about this one? Like we've read every single one of the tweets that are on there. So they're bad. Just, I'm just not. Just, yeah, they're all bad. You know, save us for that. I, I guess at the end of the day, like I don't want to be the white guy telling you, hey, don't be offended by this because other people have been really offended by those words. So I, I just want yeah. to. I, what I basically want to say, and, and I want to get to baseball badly because there's a lot to talk about. But basically, what I want to say is like I, I I've known the guy for years. He's hurting. He's he's a genuinely great guy. Like he's helped us out tremendously both through this pod through i mean knowledge of baseball like the guy is a wealth of knowledge like i on the way here today i listened to him on the friars on the farm and they recorded that before all this stuff went down and i'm like man because he's like he's like ashamed now to the point where he doesn't want to write for i mean i don't know if i'm speaking out of school but he doesn't want to write for mad friars he doesn't want to he doesn't want to go to work he doesn't he doesn't want to do anything because he's so ashamed to the point and like, I feel like if, if we were to kind of cast him out beca- just purely because of those things, like, I feel like as a Padre Twitter community, as a podcast community, as um, whatever community, like, I, I feel like we'd be missing out on a lot if we were to push him out. Yeah, so, and I, I mean, mean, and I can see that. I, this is the way I look at it. Like, it happened, right? It, it came out. We all saw it. Been scrubbed. He owned up to it. He, he gave, yeah. you know, whether or not you deem what he, what he gave reasoning for logical or not. I will say that his response to that was far better than anything Trey Turner, Sean Newcomb, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and all these other guys, that, Josh Hader. Like, his, to me, was far more personal and, and far more, you know, owning up of the of the moment yeah. than those guys. And those guys have fucking PR teams. Like, I, I feel like his was heartfelt. At this point, it's done. You know, yeah. if, if you're going to cast him aside and say, you know what, I don't want to associate with Kevin or I'm not going to associate with anything he's associated with, if that kills your Mad Friar subscription, you don't want to listen to us because we've had him on, I understand that. Yeah. But I think it happened over the weekend. It should just live and die on the weekend. And we should all just try to move on. Yeah. And if anyone comes out and says, oh, Danny and Eric, they're racist because they, uh, <laughs> you know, they support this racist. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Like we, we don't need your fucking support. Get out of here. But not a racist. Yeah. You know, if I was Kevin, what I would do, unlock the account, just start interacting. You know, if people say, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what you think. Well, how about this? And they throw the tweets in your face. Just be like, hey, I, of, I owned it. Just yeah. move on. You, you know what I mean? Like I that's, that's what I would do, but he's going to handle it how he will. And you guys will handle it how you will. But speaking of it, throwing it in his face, it, it just kind of, it, it put a really 
bad taste in my mouth. All of the whole digging up old tweet shit, Padres Twitter, like during this weekend, which should have been the most like special weekend all year. Like Absolutely. this season sucks as a Padres so fan. Sucks. And like this weekend is all that we had. Like this Trevor Hoffman thing. So and that's just. I think that's why it pissed me off because I wanted to focus this whole weekend. On Trevor Hoffman, like I feel, it's like, actually what we're gonna open with coming into it. So, yeah. be honest, Eric and I were very, we were very split about how are we gonna because we can't not talk about it, right? Right. Like we can't. It's a current well, event. Again, I, I kind of brought it up. I, I wanted to have Kevin on and do a Padre Twitter podcast, but then I thought it'd be stupid. One, well, one scheduling doesn't really work out with, between me, him, and Rich. Like we're we're pretty busy coming up, but but two, I didn't want three people, three white guys sitting there talking about a white guy using, you know. The, the words that he used years ago. So I, I just felt it would be more appropriate for us to say something here. And I, I don't know whether whether that resonates with people or not. Like, I have Kevin's back. Like, I, I whatever happens, I, I have his back. Because I know he's, he's a genuinely good guy. But if you guys, guys want to hold that against him, it's fine. But I do want to talk baseball. So Trevor Hoffman in the Hall of Fame. Thank Finally, God. there's no – I believe it was A.J. Casavell or uh, Casablanca – um, hey, Jerry Casablanca reporting. He came out, I believe it was him, he came out on Twitter and said, there is no longer debate as to whether or not Trevor Hoffman's a Hall of Famer. Because guess what? He's a fucking Hall of Famer. Absolutely, yeah. So that that was awesome. I don't know. I will say this. The Hall of Fame plaques, like, they're pretty standard, right? They're pretty, like, you know, front-facing, uh, you know, uh, portrait photo. Trevor's is fucking awesome. Yeah. His is awesome. Yeah, I love It's that low angle where he's got that... That look on his kind face, of like and, a scowl. Yeah, the fire in his eyes, you know, from yeah. like the. It's like the angle you would see, like, all right, Trevor looking in, two two pitch. So I love his plaque. I really liked his speech. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I don't know who was crapping on him about how he couldn't close out his own speech, but fuck off, asshole. His speech was <laughs> great. Levitard. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, his speech was great because it was typical Trevor Hoffman. Oh yeah. Number one, he doesn't walk in there. He doesn't walk up there and start citing himself. He drops an O Doctor, transitions that into an Uncle Teddy reference, and then continues to give credit to the people behind the scenes. His brothers, his parents, um, coaching staff, you know, guys on the Padres in the Padres organization. It was an atypical Trevor Hoffman speech. I wanted him just for once, Trevor. Just for once. Just gloat a little. Just gloat a <laughs> That's little. That's not who he is, man. Tony Gwynn even said that yeah. the year Tony Gwynn got robbed of the MVP by Andre Dawson only because he drove in the RBIs. <laughs> the the one year Tony even said, like, I legitimately thought I was the best player in the game that year. Right. I thought I was the best. Like, he had a little bit of in there. Like, Tony had a little swagger in there. Like, he knew he was good. Yeah. But I just wanted one moment where Trevor said, and you know what? For at least this time, I was the best in the game. I just yeah. wanted that one that but one moment. Him being up there on that podium tells everyone that for at least one point he's the best player in the game. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be up there if that wasn't fact. Yeah. And everyone oh, knows it. Yeah. Everyone knows it. So I mean it's just seeing him up there delivering that speech, dude. Probably the last Padre we'll ever see in our lifetime walk probably. up there. Probably. I mean you never know. Like I was sitting there, I was getting emotional, man, because it brings up those those warm memories, dude. Like when we were when we were good, you know, like when Qualk when the Murph was rocking, like it brought up those memories. And then like to see Bochi there was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Like for the Giants to give him the time off, like he flew all the way to Cooperstown from wherever the hell they were. You know, like for him to go out there mid season, I That'd thought that'd be it was somewhere great. close because if he flew right into San Diego right after, yeah. So I mean, so. Um, and that, but it was kind of funny to see him doing the intro wearing Giants gear, wearing a Giants hat. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of funny. But like to see all that, dude. Like I, it, my childhood, like I had childhood feelings come up, and yeah, hell yeah, I got emotional, dude, because it was just like 
It was great, man. It was awesome. And then, <laughs> and then of of all days, your boy Keith Law, dude. I do not agree with this. I know you tagged me on Twitter to crap on me. <laughs> I know you, and I know you do it to troll me. Your boy You're hurting Keith my Law. big feelings. No, completely. Look, I I I don't agree with everything Keith. It's like with Brian. You Kitty, agree right? with ninety nine percent of things no, that Keith no, Law no, says. No, 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 no. Yes, no. you do. No, I don't. You're the biggest. Put it this way. You're the biggest Keith Law fanboy that I know. I would not know who Keith Law was how if many, it wasn't for you. How many people... Number one, yes you would because you've been on Twitter, <laughs> so you would know who he is. Number two, I enjoy his writings based on prospect chats and analysis. I enjoy that. I don't always agree with him. And there are times, I've told you a hundred times, there are times where he gets really... I don't want to say defensive, but he's super quick to bring the band hammer. Oh, hell yeah. He yeah. is super quick where if you hit him with a snarky comment or you're insultive, it's you're done. It's yeah. quick block... Um, he's blocked probably half of Padres Twitter at this point, if yeah, not, not if more. not a bigger contingent. Yeah. Um, he had me blocked. He yeah. had me blocked, and that's why that's why I had to go from the five point five page, which and we're tell now him, blocked, and tell him to get fucked. <laughs> because, uh, dude, of all days, like Keith Law, we know how you feel about Trevor Hoffman and his validity. You know, his the, validity. The, the, the validity of his election. We right. know yeah. that, and for you to come out on that day, like to shit on him on that day, like. Fuck you, dude. Like, I I wanted nothing more. I was like, dude, this guy's a fucking asshole. So, first of all, I'm going to go shit on him. And second of all, right after that, I'm going to go to Olive Garden. I'm going to crush Olive Garden. <laughs> just because I know he fucking hates it. <laughs> yeah. Just because I know he hates it, dude. See, that's, see, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't agree with how he goes about stuff like that. Like, we know... Like, it's one thing he was provoked, right? Like, when uh, Higgins told him to suck it, like, it's like... No, it wasn't even him. That was no, no, Togerson. No, no, no. Oh, Togerson. There yeah. you go. It, it, the, the hero that Padre Twitter deserves. Jared yeah. Togerson. Yeah, yeah. He's going to tell us why Mike D was fired. He's getting to the bottom of it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, stuff like that, like, I could see, like, come on, that's uncalled for. Right. What he did over the weekend, it's like, if you want to send that out, and sometimes I feel like maybe he's doing it to be funny, but, you know, and troll, but it doesn't, it's not going to come off that way. It's just in poor taste. If you're going to do that, great. Wait till fucking wait till like Monday or Tuesday to do it. Yeah. Don't do it on the day that he is going in. Yeah. And I'm sure Trevor class during them. his speech. Yeah. Or, yeah. or right after his speech. Yeah. Right after. Because Trevor said, "Hey guys, he wanted his teammates to get up and get recognition. Yeah. So all of his teammates were there. He asked him to stand so that people can fucking clap for them. And then someone tweeted out and said, like, oh hey, typical bro. Trevor. Yeah, you typical know. Trevor. And he goes, well, seeing as 89 percent of the games he pitched in were uh, were. Played by other players. They were one for him or something like that. And Fuck you, dude. I wouldn't piss on Keith Law if he was on fucking fire. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. I, a, I hate that guy. It was a dick move. It was an absolute dick move. It was. Absolutely. Fuck him. And then if anyone says anything to the contrary, boom, bam, gone. Like, yeah. fuck you, dude. Not even to the contrary. Because you can discuss it with him. It's once you get to a point where you start he's to, like... He's a sensitive little fuck. When you start to, like, push, he's quick to ban. Well, the thing is, Super, like, if you're going to have... block, I should say. If, one, if you're going to have... Um, if you're going to have opinions like that, that's fine. Two, if you're going to make him known and kind of troll a little bit, like, the way he does, you got to expect some kind of pushback. And fuck, take your medicine, guy. Like, don't sit there and block people. Like, that's a... He's a bitch, dude. I... I hate Keith Law. I fucking hate Keith Law. Well, the good news is, now that Trevor's finally in, we don't have to worry about this bullshit anymore. Yeah, we don't. Because it's done and done. Trevor, uh, in the Hall of Fame, where he belongs. We're all happy about that. Yeah. And uh, that'll be the last one. Eat it, Law. We see. Eat it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, speaking of eating it, the Padres decided to eat it, so to speak, and not uh, throw any uh, any deadline moves out there, Eric. They, None at all. For the second year yeah. in a row. No, third. I want to say it's the third year in a row. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. No, because Matt Camp. Matt Camp yeah. didn't do anything. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So, 
2015, 2017, and 2018, three out of the four years Preller's actually been here for the deadline, has gone by without a whimper. Well, he made his move, but he made it like a week ago. The, the Brad Hand. Yeah, I meant more of like the deadline well, move. Well, yeah, you yeah know, the, as far as like the dramatic deadline yeah, The move. Padres package Yates, Stammen, and Ross and receive X prospect from desperate team. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, dude. Like, I was kind of disappointed. Um, that they didn't make any moves. Well, m- mainly because I'm like, dude, this Tyson Ross bit, like, I'm going to the point where I'm fucking tired of it. Like, I'm sick of this shit. Hey, man, your source didn't come through. You have to cut bait. But at the same time, like, I was like, dude, I can't start this like a week or two ago and then just stop doing it on the trade deadline yeah. day. So I threw out a couple of them today, but like. You got a couple of people to bite the, take the bait, oh, too. Oh, yeah, dude, it's so fun. I was like, yes, you're fucking idiots. But, um, <laughs> it's like, I was. I was exhausted to the point where I'm like, dude, they, they got to do something. Like, not moving Ross is a complete and utter failure. Like, well, here's my move take. Move him for international slot bonus money. Well, move that's him a, for anything. That's assuming that that was actually available. So I could... Dude, you're going to tell me that no one would have given him slot bonus? Maybe, maybe Come not. On. Maybe somebody doesn't or international find... bonus. There's no way that, that teams would not give up at least that for Tyson Ross. There's no, there's no way. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to comment on what, what the market was or wasn't. I know that the flood of relievers... This happened fucking last year. This is why I was glad Preller moved so quick with Brad Hand with the with Cleveland. Because last year, I think what killed Brad Hand getting traded was that the market was fucking flooded with relievers. Like, I mean, flooded right. with relief pitching. Um, whereas this year, he kind of got out in front of it and said, Look, I'll move him now, but I want a, I want a premium piece. Um and I think that's why Yates stayed. Now, I know there's some people saying, oh, you know, well, it worked for Brad Hand. You know, it could work for Yates keeping him another year. Or can it? I'm going to go ahead and say they need to deal him ASAP. Um, he's going to be a free agent uh, in going into 2021. So you do have some control. The difference with Hand and Yates is that outside of like a hand, I think like Hand threw 90 games for the Marlins and he pitched like half, he pitched half of them as a starter. You didn't really have a big sample size of innings to see, like, is he really going to be, like, a failed starter, you know, turned great reliever? Like, what's he going to be? Yates has strictly been a relief pitcher. Uh, And I have the numbers here available for me since uh, 2014. He has, and this is including last year. So he has, from 2014 up through last year, 154 and a third innings of really poor run prevention. I mean, his ERA is almost 4.8. In his uh, in terms of run prevention compared to league average, it's uh, almost fifteen percent below league average. Uh-huh. That's fucking terrible as yeah. a reliever. It's I mean not great, Bob. No, <laughs> <laughs> not great. Not great, Bob. So I didn't think they were going to get much for him anyway, strictly for a number of reasons. Number one, he's thirty-one years old. Number two, the reality is he has forty-one elite innings, and what did I say? One hundred and fifty-two at best because he was he was fairly solid last year for the Padres, you know, but. At best, 152 bad to mediocre innings. So, with with him, he's going to be 32 next year, and he's going to have one less year of control. He doesn't have the long track record. Hand had uh, hand pitched well in 2016 and 2017, and then pitched probably not as well, but well enough going into 2018. There was some establishment there of like 120 to 150 innings. Basically, what Yates has accumulated outside of this year. Yates has one good half season. I can understand why um, a team wasn't willing to give up what they want, what the Padres probably were asking for. Right. On top of a flood of relievers that you know, of course, hit the deadline today. Hang on. So my wife just walked through the door. Who the fuck gave you that rose? Some stranger. 
Some stranger? Some stranger, huh? Huh. Was he wearing aqua de gel? Really? Some Spe- stranger. Speak into the mic. He wanted to spread positivity. Hold on, say it right here. What? He wanted to spread positivity with all the negativity. Like HIV positivity? <laughs> oh, wow. Positively upset Mr. Jealous Husband Eric Labou. What kind of positivity? Were you wearing that wedding ring? Yes. Was the guy listening to a Padre podcast on his <laughs> Padre podcast thingy? No. No. Okay. You didn't have his ear thingies in? Did he offer you butterscotch candies? Is no. he changing the f- front part of his name every two weeks? Jesus Christ. All right, so where were we? Butterscotch candies. <laughs> Kirby Yates. Yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of see what you're saying, but like... So you, you think that he's had a lot of time. The difference between him and Hand is that Hand had time as a starter, so he was able to kind of reinvent himself. But Kirby Yates has been a reliever this whole time. A and not a very good one. Mediocre reliever. Yeah. And now it's just kind of flashing the pan. And I, I can kind of see that because I feel like the Padres are like, hey, this worked with Hand, so it's going to work for Yates. Maybe. But I mean, maybe, it might. But, but it, it probably won't. Like, if, if you're sitting there, if you're expecting him to keep it up, because, dude, relievers, it's it's been mentioned ad nauseum. Relievers are volatile. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like next thing you know, like, uh, Yates could go on a go on a tear of just getting tore up. Yeah, here's here's know? the way I look at it. I know you don't like war. Nope. But I'm going to use baseball reference war anyways. This year, Kirby Yates, 1.7. Career, 1.6. <laughs> so, I mean, this has been a breakout year yeah, for him. Yeah, are you really using war for reliever? I mean, I think if you compare him to other relievers, it's fine. Like, Brad Ham posted, I want to say, going into this year, I'd like back-to-back two to three, you know, seasons of two or, or uh, back-to-back seasons of two to three wins above replacement. I mean, it's it's just to point out, like, he wasn't very good before we, even last year. He was okay yeah. last year, but he wasn't great. This, this is the other way I look at it, too. What's more telling? 61 innings this year, or uh, 55 innings this year, or 195 total. You know, in uh, actually he's throwing even less than that this year. I know, but I feel like I feel like if I'm a GM of a of a competing team and I need a reliever, I don't give a shit about his previous innings. To a point, I care about this year. I to a point, yes. But there's always regression to the mean. Now he may have reinvented himself. He's throwing a splitter a lot more this year, so maybe he reinvented himself the way Hand did. But yeah. to a point, you still have to look at that track record because there's always regression to the mean. Always, right. you know, guys. Whether it's a positive regression or negative regression, you're always going to come back to the mean. So at some point, if a GM, if I'm looking at him and saying, "Yeah, I'm willing to give something up for him," but I also see that in 195 career innings, you know, he's literally league average at run prevention right you know he he doesn't he doesn't punch out he hasn't punched out a ton of guys till this year he's got an era over four as a career reliever you know i could probably find one of these guys in the minors i could probably take one of my failed starters and plug him in like they plug brad hand in and you know maybe i get that out of him the cardinals just revamped their bullpen and brought up a ton of young guys some of them are starters and they're just throwing them in there as a way to try to revamp and get some value out of those guys so I wanted them to trade Hand. I think I'm su- or not Hand, but Yates. I'm surprised they didn't package him and Stammen, who has a much more concrete, you know, track record. Um, but I'm not there surprised was, that they didn't. I'm I'm somewhat surprised they didn't trade Tyson Ross, but he didn't help. He didn't help his cause any. There was a the little bit of months. talk that uh, he Tyson Ross was going to be packaged with Perdomo to the Brewers. Yeah, I that heard a rumor be, about that. Yeah, that was going to be. And, and for all his faults, AC actually came through with some decent information today. So. Uh, Pat Golf on clap. the back. Yeah. Golf clap. 
pat on the back for Kevin Acey. But so supposedly he was going to package Perdomo, or Perdomo was going to be packaged with Tyson Ross. However, uh, Perdomo went on the DL. So that just kind of fucked everything. But like, I think I think Preller's done trading hurt players. I, I guess I guess my yeah yeah for now. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say I hadn't stopped him before, but like, yeah. I guess my my problem with it is like I. I was really looking forward to a lot of guys getting traded so that a lot of guys would start to come up. Yeah. So we can get that funnel going. You know what I mean? Like, Tyson Ross, we've said it We've said it all year. Tyson Ross adds nothing past this season. He Absolutely doesn't add anything right now. Nothing. I mean, he's just well, eating yeah. innings. Yeah, he adds nothing right now, too. I mean, that's a good point. But it's like I really wanted to see uh, Brett Kennedy come up. I still want to see him come up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see Kennedy get his... Uh, get his chance but you know whether that happens now or not i don't know because ross is still there taking starts clayton richard is still there taking starts like they were never gonna deal clayton richard well i know that but i'm wondering at what point would a guy like tyson ross just be dfa'd like if we can't move him we're just gonna dfa him i don't think they'll dfa him because even though he hasn't been very good he kind of hasn't been very bad either. you think he'll maybe be like a, a waiver dead or a waiver trade type i mean guy? yeah he could i mean but if he's a waiver guy why not just trade him before now because like, he could probably give up less of a waiver and things change you know like the pirates for instance the pirates got hot yeah um and they uh, and we'll touch on that here in a second but yeah the pirates got real hot real quick i mean right. within like the last two weeks they turned it around and decided hey we're in this let's go ahead and make a deal uh for this year and next so you know, Tyson Ross hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been very good. He's been okay. Um, slightly below league average in, in run prevention. So he's he's the kind of guy I see a team saying like, hey, you know what? We need an arm down the stretch. He could probably play up in the bullpen. We won't have to get much for him as a waiver claim. Um, or if he clears waivers, we can just make a deal. So I could I could see that happening. Yeah. I just don't think there was any value for him right now. I think, I think if teams look at what the starting pitching market was, the only guy remotely available was Archer. But you had to have, well, I mean, apparently not considering the return, but the idea was probably you had to have a really deep system to be able to give up what they were going to allegedly want and were rumored to want on our end um, in order to, to nab him. So I think teams looked at that and thought, there's no frontline starter here. You know, yeah. Gio Gonzalez, did he move? I don't no. think so. No, he stayed. Yeah, yeah he, he stayed. stayed. So, you know, I, unless the Nationals were going to sell, there wasn't really like a frontline starting pitcher that was available that I can think of. I mean, other than Archer, yeah, and and we'll touch on him in a second. Well, so the Braves, uh, the Braves got, um, damn, I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, uh, Gosman. There you go, Gosman. Yeah, yeah. The Orioles moved a lot of players. The Orioles have punted. Yeah, much to uh, Andy Keats's uh, elation. I'm sure. I'm sure he's elated right now. I mean, the the Orioles. That's exactly what. And I don't want to sound like John Gennaro, but. <laughs> The, the Orioles, what they did at this deadline, is exactly what I wanted the Padres to do. Like, the difference is Kevin Gosman's a two-and-a-half-win player, and he's... Well, I know that, but like know. I feel like we should have been trying to get rid of everything. Like I, I wonder how much of it... Well, I don't know, dude. It's just like, I wonder how much of it was like, hey, this is our team that we've had, and we got to stick with these guys because if we don't, then it might get even worse, and these fans are going to turn on How much worse us. can it get? And, yeah, this Which is we'll the worst... Which we'll touch on later. <laughs> this is the worst month since the, they, their inaugural season. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I just I'm don't think there, the market was out there. Like, but who cares if the market is out there or not? Like, Gosman also has sucks. control. I believe this team sucks, and they have a lot of guys that aren't going to be here either past this year for forty man reasons, um, or beyond that to the next, the next great Padre team. So why not get rid of these guys now? Like, the thing is, is, is there the anything time. out there for them? Because if you're just gonna, I mean, if you dump them for nothing, dude. I don't. Yeah. Dump them for nothing. I Who don't see them. De- cares? I don't see them DFAing them. I know you want to see Brett Kennedy. We've seen Walker Lockett. 
to me, this year isn't the year where you just dump all the scrubs and then bring. They, Why not? Because well, if it's not this year, what year is it? They're they're on pace next to lose hundred games. I, I think next year would because number one, they're going to lose hundred games anyways. Number two, all their good talent for the most part is still in Double A. Like, I like the idea of Brett Kennedy, but to be honest with you, I don't see him as a future piece. I, I look at him like Colin okay. Do you Ray. see Tyson Ross as a future? piece? Well, absolutely not. Do you see Clayton Richard as a of future piece? Of course not. Well, they're never going to get rid of Richard. We knew that when they gave yeah, him that contract. Yeah, but who gives a shit? They're still taking up starts. They are, but That's who are they point. taking them up from? Even then, do you see Jordan Lyles as a future piece? No, I don't he see. He got innings today. Yeah. Do you see? Then bring him up in the bullpen. The only guy, the only guy that I want to get starts is Matt Strong. Is Matt Strong? Right. He's the only guy. Nobody else is like. I don't care if Tyson Ross is eating innings because I don't really I see. I do because it's taking opportunities away from guys like Kennedy and Strom. That's why. Strom, yes. Absolutely Strom, yes. Kennedy? And I like Tyson Ross. Nah. I mean, we're, we're friends. But it's like... Not after this one. It's like, it's a business. You know what I mean? Like, it's I'll, a business. I'll, I'll put our friendship on the back burner right now from between me and Tyson. Sure, but, he knows. It's a business move. I know, just don't think the moves were out there. You I think he has no place on this team. And I'm really, I'm really fucking pissed that he's still here. I'm not surprised. I, I didn't think with the way he pitched... I, I didn't think there was going to be a market for him. Um, Proller and Marver mentioned this, and of course we all cringe when we have to admit it, that he's right. But he probably should have <laughs> oh, traded Oh, he'll let you know that he's yeah, right. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but he's right. Marver's you know? the OG of retweeting old tweets, you, and they're all his own. <laughs> you trade at peak value. Tyson Ross eroded, and he's no longer at peak value. His last start, which I was in, in person for on Saturday, was god-awful. Yeah. At one point, he'd throw more balls than he had strikes. I think teams see that. So if the Padres DFA him, great. If they bring up Kennedy, great. If they don't bring up Kennedy, meh. I don't care. Mm. I mean, it's a lost season. They're going to lose anyways. I would agree with you. Just lose with the guys, you know, that that actually might turn into something. But it's so funny because sitting here, like, um, sometimes I'm like, dude, I can't wait till the Padres are good again. And you know, when, when they're are you ever going to be good? Well, yeah, I, I think that that you know those days are on the horizon. But I'm sitting there, part of me thinks of like. You know how are the conversations going to go then? Like, we're, it's going to come to the point where we start arguing about the road that they should take. Like, hey, we are on the brink of contention. We need to trade for this guy, and then there's going to be fights over that. But like, looking at the Padres and where the Padres are right now, we're fighting over how to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are we not? That's what we're doing. We're fighting over how That's to how lose. You know, like, we're team tank, baby. Yeah, like like you're saying, oh well, you know, it's they're losing this way, it's fine. And I'm like, no, they need to lose this way. You know what I mean? And I'm like passionate about. About it. Yeah, and it's so stupid. At the end of the day, I don't but think like, it's stupid. what I was, what, what I was really nervous about, like this, these uh, last few days leading the, the up last to the last week, the last, the last week, week has been fucking nerve wracking. There was rumors being floated out there that the Padres were open to moving one of Mejia or Urias in a move for Chris Archer. So with those Chris, Chris Archer rumors that were coming out, like we all know what Chris Archer is. Like he's not, he's not a, he's not an ace, right? Like he's a, he's a two, probably a three. I don't think his he's numbers an ace. have gotten worse the last three years. They They've have been progressively worse. They have, and and I know people talk about you know well you know if you look at fielding independent pitching you know it, it he's actually been very good and and I'll I'll hand him that you know his fielding independent pitching you know, if you look at his area that way it should probably be you know in the mid to high threes but the reality is this is the third straight year that he hasn't performed to that level he's the last two years ERA plus right league average is a hundred. Last year, 101. The year before that, 100. This year, 93. Now, here's the thing. Because people have been saying, well, he pitches in the AL East. He pitches in the AL East, Eric. It's a tough division. And you're absolutely right. ERA Plus quantifies that. It, it gives him credit for pitching with that. You know what else gives him credit for that? 
wins above replacement, and he does post very well. I think he's a very good pitcher. I think coming into the National League, you can safely say, because the majority of the time he's going to have the pitch in the lineup, you could probably shave half a run off his ERA, which would help him greatly. That would put him down, uh, you know, in like the high threes. So I think he's a fair pickup, not for what they were rumored to ask for. Now, I think it was Kevin Acey that came out and said what the package that was being asked for was Renfro and Hedges, which, see ya! Yeah. <laughs> Where see do ya. I sign? See ya. I mean, it would hurt to lose Renfro. But yeah. Hedges. Boys going, boys gone. Yeah. So I would have, I would have, I mean, I would have done it. Um, but that the other two, which was the deal breakers, which was uh, Patino, which before uh, catching myself back up on him because we have so much fucking depth and he doesn't get a ton of love because he's in like, what, A-ball? Yeah. Uh, before reading up Fort on Wayne. him. Yeah. So before reading up on him thinking like, wow, this kid, he's a lot better than, than even I thought. Um, and then Paddock, which was an absolute slam dunk fucking yeah. No. Yeah, no. Absolutely no. not. Yeah. I am not trading, and I and it, we didn't really actually get a chance to talk about this because it happened after last week's episode. But I come out and said, and we we've, we've talked to John Conniff at, to great lengths about it, and I've said like I am willing to trade guys that aren't really close. My theory is you trade guys that are either effectively blocked, like Josh Naylor, he is effectively blocked. I do not be, buy one bit. He's going to be able to play even remotely adequate left field. I don't even think he's going to be bad. I think he's going to be awful out there. I disagree there, but that's fine. Well, neither of us have seen him. But just going off his scouting reports and what he was rated for as a first baseman, I can't see him being better in left field. I don't know if it's as much as I disagree, as much as I just don't care about defense in left. Well, yeah, you do. Because when we're out in our Sunday leagues and you're reading that's the different. back of my number, that's you different. care about defense. But, you know, but to me, it's like, okay, Naylor, we can move him. We can part with him. He's effectively blocked. You know, we're not going to move Myers out of left field for him. We're certainly not moving Hosmer anywhere. So he's blocked. Cal Quantrill, I like Quantrill. I'm probably higher on Quantrill than most people. He's, his stock has definitely dropped. His issue seems to be command more than anything else. Not so much stuff, not so much throwing strikes, just command. Throwing quality strikes where you're not going to get shellacked. But to me, you've been leapfrogged by Knicks, Allen, and Paddock all in double A. You're probably going to get leapfrogged by Baez and Morahone next year. Morahone might be leapfrogging all those guys I just mentioned. Yeah. Because now people are talking. If he talking, can stay healthy. Yeah. If he stays healthy, people are talking to him like he's an ace. Like that. Not not Mackenzie Gore ace, but like he's close. Um, and he might be the only other guy that has that tag of like potential future ace. Compared I feel to the like other Patino guys. can be that guy too. He can be. I think he needs another year. I think maybe after next year we'll see when he gets up into Elsinore. But. Um, you know, those aren't guys I'm moving. Quantrill, like, you've been leapfrogged by three other guys um, who are probably going to get innings next year. They're all four-wheel. But to me, I'd be okay with parting with Quantrill. Those two guys. And then Austin Hedges, absolutely, we have Mejia. We've talked about this already. I value pitch framing. I don't think pitch framing makes Austin Hedges a five- or six-win player. Now you're talking, like, Manny Machado territory. I don't think that. To me, oh. offense, offense is the most important tool. And, and he Hedges sucks is, at it. And he sucks at it. He's improving to like 20% below league average. Right. So, which is great if you didn't have what I view to be a better option. Like, I would be stunned if anybody would take, and I don't know what Buster Posey's defense is um, from a framing standpoint, right? But I'd be stunned if anybody would say they would take the hit offensively to get Yadier Molina over Buster Posey, who is a, up until this year, significantly better overall offensive player which pushes that value so Hedges see you later Renfro I mean he's not blocked but he's just not getting enough reps here right there's just no there's no at bats for him here where the Rays with the DH left field right field 
could get could utilize him better. I like Renfro. Like, I do too. I, I love Renfro. Uh, I'm I don't glad. think Andy Green likes him as much as we do. I don't think so either. And I think that they have too many damn outfielders. Yeah. They have too many damn outfielders who just aren't good enough to just run away with the spot. Jankowski has looked like he was having a hot year. He has sucked mm-hmm. since May 21st. I'm not going to bring Shocker. up the game logs, but he has sucked. His slugging's like 314. It's great you can field, but unless you're playing center field every day, which you're not, because Margot is raking. Right. You have no. You, you shouldn't be out there every day. You don't have the bat for a corner outfielder. Renfro, he needs to work on plate discipline, which he did. I mean, he drew a walk yesterday, and he hit a fucking massive home run that we yeah. were uh, thanks to the uh, Seidler family, Mr. Fowler, in uh, in attendance for Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, he's improved. But again, you're you're trying to get him at bats. You're trying to get Fran Mill at bats, who's been up and down. Like these are guys I'm willing to move because there's just no spot for them here. Yeah. I'm not moving. Paddock, who I think could come up right now and pitch as bad as Lauer Luke, basically as bad as everybody in the rotation. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. He can't be worse no. than 15, 20% below league average run prevention wise. And I feel like we've said all along, like, hey, we have to brace ourselves because these some of these prospects are going to be traded. Yeah. It's absolutely inevitable. Like, you're not going to have a 25 man starting rotation. No, you're not. You know, and it's like you, you have to get rid of some of these guys so we know that's going to happen, but not right now. Like, no. you got to pick a time and place and when it's appropriate to get rid of those guys. Right now, for Chris Archer, like, that's, that's not the time. Like, getting rid of of Paddock and Patino. Patino's on a much lower level, but to get rid of either one of those guys for Chris Archer, who's three and five, like I'm, I'm not. I'm oh not my it. god, I'm gonna throw myself out <laughs> of a window. I know. I always mention the the wins and losses just kind of pisses you off. I hate you. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Like you just did it. He's turning. Oh, you're talking about the trade, not yeah, the win the loss trade. record. Like, what? He's turning 30 soon. He's turning 30 soon, and, and he's a free agent after the 2021 20, season. Like the, this whole. Talk, you might barely be good by that point, and he might be James. This Shields. whole talk has been like, hey, this window, quote unquote window, is gonna open in 2021. Well, guess what? It's Chris Archer's gonna be here for one year at like what thirty one years old. That was my issue with old, the Hosmer sign, and then it's done. It's the same issue so, with the Hosmer sign. They're not gonna be good for at least two, maybe three years of his deal. Which two of those years is in his twenties, one of those years is in the thirties. Yeah, I know people want to pretend we're still in the steroid era and like guys age well. They don't age well. You want to know who's not aging well? Brian Dozier, he has fallen off a fucking cliff. Yeah, I saw the Dodgers trading for him today. I'm well, like, oh, that's nice. He's better than Forsyth well, <laughs> right yeah, now. Yeah. But, like, guys age. I'm sorry. Like, Albert Pujols, go look at his numbers Oof. his last year with the Cardinals. Terrible. Even his last year with the Cardinals, he was not the machine. Yeah. Like, age that's why they let him hard. walk. Yeah, that's why they were probably relieved that he didn't take the contract they offered him. Guys age. So you're going to get – you know, you already signed Hosmer. You're going to get uh, Archer, who's older. He's also, I would say – at higher risk for injury because he's a pitcher, you know, and you're going to compete for maybe one, for one, maybe two years of the time you have him, and you gave up, and this is how I look at it, you gave up for three years of Archer, right, or four four years? Three. Well, three and a half because you're 19, and half, 20, right. 21, half of this year, or, you know, a third of this year or whatnot. You gave up and got three and a half years and would have given up, what, three or four years of Austin Hedges, mm-hmm. four years of Renfro, so there's eight years. Six years of Paddock and six years of Patino. Twelve years of two guys who might be better than Archer literally in the next two to three years by the time you're supposed to be competing. Twelve years of that plus the eight years or so aggregate that you gave up in value, cheap value, of what looks to be a solid at least platoon outfielder and a very good backup catcher or at least solid everyday catcher because of the defense. Like That's not worth it to me to give up that many years of cheap 
quality control. Well, yeah, not for just one that. guy like, that you're not going to win with. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just scarred by the uh, Rizzo trade, but like giving up an everyday position player for a pitcher that doesn't sit well with me, and I don't think it ever will. I would trade Chris Archer straight up. For, if, I would trade Hedges and Renfro for Archer straight up. Well, I mean, I would. It, like, let's say. The only way that I would give up, like, I think breaking it down like that, like you just did, is, is good. The only way I would give up something like that is if I'm getting, like, a, a guy on, on a tier of, like, a uh, like Max Scherzer. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, I think that that, that, tr- that what's going out to Washington wouldn't be enough for Scherzer. No, it wouldn't but, be. Like, I mean, I'm what they got back a lot of guys. I'm mortgaging a lot of guys for a guy, like, if it comes with Scherzer and he's on a team-friendly deal. Not the one he Not even now. a team-friendly deal. I mean, look at, like, Verlander's deal, right? Like Verland, they the Tigers got good prospects for Verlander, but he's on like. And I you get know, you're not always going to trade pitching prospect for a pitcher. Sure, like I get it. I'm I just mean, saying for me, yeah. I'm scarred by the Rizzo trade. All right, like I'm still not over it. To me, to me, you can never have enough pitching. The Potters have tons of it. Right, they have fucking tons. I mentioned four guys already in Double A getting innings next year. Guess who's getting fucking innings the following year? Morahone and Bias, and if he bounces back because he's already throwing, fucking Espinosa's coming back. Yeah. Plus Patino. So you're, next year you're going to have Quantrill, Allen, Nix, and uh, Paddock all getting major league innings, more than likely. You know, assuming health. The following year, Morahone, maybe Gore, maybe Morahone and Gore, possibly Bias. The year after that, Espinosa, Patino could be close to ready. That's what 2021. Like you have so much depth. That you don't need to make that kind of move. The, we're waiting for this wave of talent, right? Jet Hoyer said it when he got hired. That was one of the more endearing things about him. I want to build a farm system, a pipeline where we can not only use them as currency to get better players if we need to in a run, but that I just have waves of talent coming through. So when one wave leaves, you've got another wave of talent coming in to take its place. St. Louis has done a hell of a job of that to this point. The Astros have done it so far. The Cubs are doing it. Uh the Red Sox are notorious. Have you seen Andrew Benatendi's numbers? Mm-mm. Jesus Christ. And nobody's talking about him. He is a fucking stud. I mean, I'll take your word for it. He is a stud. But ask, it's like all those names. Woods. All those names that you mentioned, all those pitchers, like another year from now, like hopefully they'll progress to the point where a lot of those guys will be major league ready. And if they're not major league ready, then they've um, they've raised their trade value on the market. So where we can plug holes where we actually need them. Or you just wait till the following year to start plugging them in. But you're yeah. right. Like we haven't even had a wave of talent yet. Like Luis Arias, and I understand he's struggling. I don't scout the stat line in minor leagues. I, I can't look at it. I try to look at it like Cal Quantrill giving up, you know, a shit ton of hard contact. Like that means something to me. They actually have trackman data down there to like track that kind of like contact launch angle, swing pass, things like that. So I look at scouting reports. Urias, by all measures, by everybody talking about him, seems to be ready. Like, at this point, there's nothing left for him to do down there. Waiting for him to inflate his numbers in a hitter's park. There's no question that he's better than anything we have. Right he now. can't be worse than fucking 310 on base Perella. Right. Right? He can't be worse than 295 on base Freddie Galvis. Aswahe is 0 for his last 26. Oh, good job, Carl Sausage. Yeah. Yeah, just proving why you're not a future piece, right? He can't be worse than those guys. Exactly. He can't be. Just because, you know, he's not putting up big numbers. Like, Austin Hedges put up great numbers in AAA. He couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat. Yeah. You know, I think he hit one. He had a double last night. It was crushed. But it's so inconsistent yeah. that to this point, like, Urias performing down there doesn't mean anything. I think you bring him up, and I think you wait until you get a couple of waves of talent up here before you think about making moves. Let's wait till the, let's wait till next offseason to see what we can do. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I mean, speaking of waiting until next offseason, so a few things have uh, surfaced 
on Twitter uh, videos. I believe it was very from, exciting videos. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who it was from. Was it Jeff Sanders? Someone no. someone put it out. Will Myers at third base. I, I almost want to say it was like I felt like it was Lynn or Casabell, but I don't know for sure. Anyways, I'm picking my nose. Um, anyways, wonderful. So someone uh, someone posted videos of Will Myers taking ground balls at third base. So I thought that was kind of intriguing because I, I do feel like the idea has been floated out there a few times and I'm, we've kind of made fun of it. So, but like when we see him out there now and it's actually happening, like him seemingly practicing to take over at third base. Well, I don't know about take over, but um, why not? We don't have anybody else. I don't know. Like, do you see him being to the point to where he could be a future piece at third? Yes. Why? A couple reasons. Um, very small sample size. His metrics in left field had not been that bad. Um, but a couple reasons. Number one, Myers came up as a catcher. I feel like people forget. Like, they view him like this lumbering idiot because he's kind of spacey. And uh, I'm so glad Charlie Blackman said, like, being in the outfield is boring, like, on a national <laughs> broadcast. Because yeah. I feel like it kind of, like... It kind of vindicated Myers a little bit, right? Like, yeah, see, it's boring. I can tell you it's boring. But I think he's athletic enough to do it. I didn't think he was going to be bad in center field because he couldn't play it because there were some balls that he could have caught. I thought he was going to be bad because route efficiency-wise, he wasn't going to be very good. He's not a center fielder, right? right? It's a skill. So I think he's athletic enough to do it. He came up his first two years as a catcher. Right. So you get drafted as a catcher, you have to have at least a pretty decent arm. We saw him make a really good throw yesterday um, off his back foot. Yeah. So... I think it's there. It's just a matter of, is he going to pick up the footwork? Because that's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah. Is he going to pick up the footwork? It didn't look that great in the videos I saw. I mean, you know, he's, he's practicing. But I mean, yeah, it's the first time over. Yeah, and I know, you know, again, small sample size theater. Via's defensive metrics have gotten better as the season's gone on. He's probably not as bad as we remember. The thing with errors is that we never remember, like, like we remember Freddie Galvez making all these flashy plays, but we don't remember Freddie Galvez making what is probably not a routine play look routine. Right. Right? Like, we're not, we don't have what, what uh, Ultimate Zone Rating does, where they have a, fi- or StatCast does either, where they have a, basically a chart where they plot every ball put into play, fielded or not fielded by every shortstop, and say, well, Galvis got to this one, which 75% of guys don't get to, but he made it look routine. Like, we don't know. Right. We just remember things that stand out. Galvis makes a lot of nice plays. Made another one fucking last night. Uh, Via doesn't. Made another awful play last night. It's the only thing I remember him doing other than getting a couple hits. Yeah, terrible throw, right? So we only remember the bad stuff. A couple terrible throws yesterday. He's he's very shaky over there. So I think Myers could do it. It'd be interesting to see if if they'll actually stick him over there. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's worth a shot, right? Because it does another thing. It opens up another spot in the outfield by plugging a guy who is fucking raking into a position of need that we don't have anybody right now. Our closest third baseman, as much as I love him, is Hudson Potts. He's right. in single A, and I think when he gets to double A, he's got some holes in his swing, and he's, he's big on the strikeout. So, you know, he's probably going to struggle a little bit. So it puts Myers in a position where we need somebody ASAP, because I don't think Villa's the guy. And no. opens up the outfield to maybe Josh Naylor comes up. I hope not not in the left field. but Or Fran Mil Reyes or Hunter Renfro gets more time. It just gives him more flexibility to move him to a position where you don't really have anybody entrenched. Now, here's why I don't like it. Like, do I do I think he's athletic enough for the reasons you mentioned? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's athletic enough to pick it up. Like, he's he's extremely talented, Will Myers is. Like, he's athletic and talented. Do I think he could eventually pick it up? Yes. I don't like it because I want an established third baseman offseason. Like, I want... If he goes to third and they stick him at third and he's a future third baseman, Machado's not coming here. If Machado doesn't come here the next year... 
Um, Arenado's not coming here. Rendon's not coming here. Like that oh, closes Rendon. the door. It closes the door for a lot of avenues that you can legitimately upgrade. Like unless you're gonna, and, and even but then, I mean, realistically speaking, how realistic is it that they're gonna sign those guys when there's twenty? I mean, it's extremely realistic if you spend the fucking money. Well, yeah, but you also have to take consideration that the player has to want to come here. <sighs> come on, dude. That's that's stupid. No, it's not. That's it's, stupid. It's not dumb. The A's used to go out and try to sign free agents. That's and Oakland. Get, it doesn't matter who it is. You're playing the Coliseum. Okay, so if I told you, here's $40 million from the Yankees, here's $40 million from the Padres. I'm going to the fucking Yankees. No offense, I'm a Padre homer, but I'm going to the Yankees. So there's that other intent. There's other teams that are vying for these guys. So I don't think it's a slam dunk if you just offer them money. I don't know. That, I, I that feel you like, get them. I feel but like, I, I get where you're saying from where it kind of closes off that window to It improve. does. It closes off, you know, getting guys that are legitimate third basemen. Like, I feel like Myers is fine in the outfield. Like, he's fine out in left, so the, keep him the in The metrics left. like him in yeah. left field. And keep I said at the beginning left. of the season, put him in left. So yeah, that's that's what I want to see. That's the other thing, too. Like, if Myers is... It would be kind of funny to see him in third. I, I mean, mean like, put him there for the rest of the year, see if he can play so you know later on in case you can't sign those guys. In yeah. case you offer them market value or even over and they still go to another team, then sure. Yeah. Then, hey, guess what? We have Will Myers. He here's, can play third base. Here's my thing with it is that, and this is people, you know, they think I just think statistics. You know, these guys aren't robots. I do think there's some value in Myers knowing, hey, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> because he went into first, he went into spring training thinking he was playing first base. Right. And then last minute they said, Hey, we signed this guy. Uh, go to left. Yeah. You know, now he's coming to the years. Okay, I'm in left field. He's doing very well. His routes are a little iffy, but he's making plays. The numbers like him so far. And then you're gonna tell him, you know, four months in the season. Hey, go to third. Yeah. You know, I, I do think there is some value. I don't buy it for relief pitchers, but for a position player to know, I think there's some value to, to, that he can take comfort in knowing I am the starting left fielder. That is my job. I don't have to worry about anything. I think asking him to, if they're asking him, he volunteered, great. I love the initiative. Yeah. If same. they're asking him to move positions again, I mean, he got here, he was a center fielder. Then we moved him to first, and then we moved him to left, and now we're I mean, it's four positions now, in the time, like the length of time that we've had him. Yeah, it's his fourth year here, and he might play four different fucking positions. Yeah. Outfield first, back to outfield, now back to third or into third. So. Well, I, never, I never thought that you'd be in the camp of saying, "Hey, like give because, these guys something that they know." Because you're asking a guy, you're asking a guy in his you know mid twenties who's played one position, who played one position primarily as a catcher. You move him as a prospect; it's different. You know, he came up as an outfielder. We got him as an outfielder. Center field wasn't a great experiment, but at least he's an outfielder. So you had an idea, like maybe he won't be so bad. Then you move him to first base, which he really loved. I mean, from the sound of it, he loved first base. Like right. he loved being involved. Um, and then you move him back to the outfield for a guy that, you know, was your big free agent signing. Okay, great. Now you're going to move him to third base. Like, at some point, like, I do think that wears on the player because he's got to keep relearning how to do these things. He mentioned about, like, throwing in the outfield. Like, oh, it's been the transition. He's like, well, I've been out here before. But, you know, it's like charging the ball, the routes. The big thing is the arm slot. Like, first base, you know, you look at how the infielders throw the ball. It's going to be even different from third. Yeah. It's a, a third is third's kind of weird to play. I don't know if you've ever played third. Well, you have. Yeah. But third base is... Yo, you're right on fucking top of the action. Mm-hmm. The ball's coming at you hot. You have to have quick reaction time. You gotta have a pretty good arm. Yeah. Not a shortstop's arm, but you gotta have a pretty good arm. It's not easy. They stuck Johnny Bench at third and he was awful. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't see if he's volunteering to do it because he wants to do it great, but I, I don't, don't think I, I'm I have a hard time seeing that someone would volunteer to play third when Clayton Richards on your team. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get smoked, dude. Yeah, and he's it, gonna get smoked. That's a fair point. And I, I don't see 
unless you're going to go, if you're going to go with it, fucking go with it. So he's yeah. our third baseman. This is where he's going to play for his tenure. Unless something happens with Hosmer, we'll move him back to first. That's the only other position we're going to stick him at is first base or DH. Uh, if Hosmer needs a day off or, you know, he opts out or whatever, right? Or they yeah. trade him, whatever. But he is our third baseman. Mm-hmm. Like, pick a position and let him stick with it because if Myers has you know the 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 mental uh, you know issues not the mental issues but you know if, if mentally he has to stay focused he needs something to 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 keep his mind on don't keep fucking moving him around and making him learn different positions he just had to relearn to play the outfield he's actually fairly good at it so far just leave him there yeah I, I mean, mean I, don't, I like the idea of him playing third like I'm all for it but they need to stick with it I don't want it as a one experiment and then they move him out there it's kind of like the same as our views on their jerseys. <laughs> On their uniforms. <laughs> just pick one and stick with it. Yeah, I don't you care. Know? If you're going to stick with the fucking current ones, fine. Just just stick with them and yeah. tell them you're going to stick with them. Don't, don't do focus groups. So. Yeah. So don't focus group Will Myers' defense. Just, if you're going to put him at third, just fucking run with it. Let him go. Yeah. If you're not and it's just an experiment, fuck it. Leave him in the outfield. Yeah, I like that too. So we're, we're about an hour in. Uh, one thing, next week, uh, we haven't heard anything from the contrary. I mean, the, the Padres haven't squashed it. Uh, DJ Wayne Partello hasn't squashed it. Phil Hughes is coming on next week. So king. Uh, next Monday, they do have an off day. So we'll be recording next Monday. Um, we're going to do it through Skype because they're going to be uh, – they're traveling. I think they're going from Chicago to, to Milwaukee um, or something like that. But, um, yeah, next Monday, that's that's going to be the big day. So if you guys have anything, uh, anything in particular that you want us to ask the uh, King Phil – uh, of Padres Twitter, then let us know. I would be happy to do so. I'm still, I'm still kind of wondering how I want to handle. If I want to make it more humorous, or if I want to make it baseball related, I don't really think anyone cares. What? And no offense. I don't think anyone cares what Phil has to say about baseball, like baseball wise. I mean, I'd, you know? I'd be curious to hear his mentality about you because know, he was. I didn't know he was so highly ranked, but yeah. he was at one point like I think the number two, or number three prospect uh, per a couple of uh, publications. I Baseball America or baseball prospectus one of them yeah so i mean i'd be interested to hear like hey like that was in new york as a yankee like you know what kind of you know what are you imparting on these these passionate young men you know as they come up but i mean that'd be interesting just to hear like you know you were a top prospect and probably the worst system to be a top prospect in pressure wise media wise how was that that'd be interesting to hear that yeah yeah i think that's why he's so great on twitter because like he got through new york (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He can get through anything. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, we have that coming up next week. So Danny and I were at the game last night, as we mentioned earlier. Um, before the game, every time I go to the game now, I make it a point to stand yeah. by the bullpen. And when he comes in, I, like, act like I'm bowing. Yeah, we, we all hail the king. Yeah, and so, you know, he said, what's up? I put the video out on Twitter. Uh, he said, what's up? And then after the game, uh, Danny and I like to go down to the dugout <laughs> and do the same thing. Like, all oh, hail king. As they're Phil. walking in after a, you know, debilitating loss. Well, the thing is, like, we were, <laughs> we were sitting there, and he's walking up. It's him and one other guy, and I can't tell who it is until we're closer. But I was like, King Phil, King Phil. And I'm bowing. I didn't realize that Phil Maton was next to him. I want to be like, not you. Not you. <laughs> not you. Not so. Prince Philip. So we're sitting there, and this kind of ties into the last uh, the last part of our last week's episode, where we talked about the baseballs and take, taking them from kids and how, hey, like, let's get them for ourselves. So we're standing there, and we're saying, like, we're like, oh, hey, Phil. And he takes a ball, and he tosses it up to me. Now, the nets are so high um, over the home, uh, the home team's dugout now down the first baseline that it goes like a couple rows back. So I'm like, oh, crap, I can't get to it. Um, there's a guy standing right next to me. So the ball rolls down a couple 
Um, it's kind of like Plinko. Yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> balls, like <laughs> the balls coming down. It's Put it between off, the N and the K. You're going to win every time. It's hitting off of old trash that people left behind, and it's slowly rolling away from me to the right towards this guy that's standing there. So I'm reaching out, and he like he reaches out, and he's closer, so he grabs it. And I'm like, fuck. Like I'm not going to beg for a ball. I'm a grown ass man, and he is too. So I see him, and he grabs it, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And what does he do? He looks over, and he hands it to his son. And then Eric hit the son with a... son of a bitch. Eric hit the kid with a stone-cold stunner, took the ball, and ran. It all came full circle, dude. I was like, son of a bitch. I just went on this rant about (laughs) taking balls from kids and taking what's ours, and then King Phil throws me a ball, and some guy takes it and hands it to his son. I feel like like it was poetic. That's what we get. I feel like it was poetic. So, Anyways, uh, thanks for sticking with us, guys. If you're still with us um, from the beginning part uh, i know it's it's kind of awkward all around but we'll get through it as a uh, as a community as a for family Padres twitter yeah are we I'm, still a family on padres twitter i feel like everybody hates each other yeah i don't know about all that but like i mean hey if, if you disagree with us it's fine but like, we just we want to come out and say something because i feel like something had to be said because that's i mean whether you guys agree with with my decision or not that's still my that's still my pal you know what i mean like kevin's kevin's still my guy so still a human being guys yeah. he did something really fucking stupid yeah so i mean if, if you don't like it that's fine i get it um, if if you also don't like what we're about to talk about in the um, upcoming time, that's fine as well. Danny and I, the, uh, we're gonna recap. Here. We're gonna recap uh, the championship game because we are champions. The SDABL Marlins are champions. So I we'll got go my ahead. participation award. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and uh, play the play the outro music here. So if you guys don't want to hear about it, fine. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck you too. Um, <laughs> Uh, but after this, what we'll get into if you want to listen to it and how the championship game went, because there was some pretty funny parts there. But um, if not, check in next week. We'll have Phil Hughes. Uh, we'll see you then. We're out of here. All right. So, yeah, you had to leave early. Yes, my grandmother is fine, by the way. Thank you, everybody. I didn't ask. No, nobody did on Twitter. That was a smart-ass <laughs> remark. Heavily offended. Nobody yeah. cares about me. So you left early. What, what inning did you leave in? I left in the... Oh, Jesus. I think I left in the third. In the third inning. And it was like already starting to get dark when you left. Yeah, right? it was not uh, peak sun. Okay, so for everyone who's listening, we yesterday we had our um, Adult League Championship game. We had the 3.30 game. So there's a game at 8.30 noon and then 3 30 we were the last game well it turns out we found out later that the first game started at 10 a.m because the umpire's car broke down which is so sdabl <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> so that's why and then the second game started like way late. Umpire, the one on that awful check swing call or yeah i don't know um the second one second game started late so that's why we got started an hour later so 3 30 game we got started at 4 30 we knew that we had to hustle or else we were going to get called because of darkness. I felt like we started later than 4.30. I felt like the other game ended It might ended even have been 5. I'm pretty sure it was closer to 5. Whatever it was. So we're sitting there, and uh, Chris told me that before the game, they had a meeting with the umpires, and they, the other team, the Pirates, they were given the option, if it gets too dark, do you guys want to come back the next week and finish it? And they said, no, we're going to have guys out of town. Whatever happens today happens. So I'll preface it with that. So you left around the third inning, and were we up? When you left? We had just tied it. We had just tied it. Okay. So there was a lot of back and forth in between, like, in regards to, like, taking the lead and then losing the lead. That pitcher, so they started a pitcher. You saw him, dude. He had to be pumping mid to upper 80s. 
Oh, right. is that first guy? Uh, yeah. I like. So anybody that comes out, if you ever come out, and I'm not playing. Which they won't. No, they won't. But I'm always good for doing some play-by-play in the, in the dugout. So we always come up with player comps. This guy was definitely Jason Grilly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And he was throwing some moke. Yeah. You for, touched him up pretty good in the first at bat for an out, but you, you barreled up. Yeah. So for adult league, he was throwing smoke. Just and so, gas. But the problem was, actually, like for him, it's a good, it, like it was good and it was bad because he was striking out so many guys that that pitch count was going up. So supposedly what happened was he was um, he was a college arm, but he blew his arm out. Ah. So this is him after he blew his arm out. Jesus, can you and, imagine? Yeah, yeah. And so he was striking out everybody. You saw it. Dude, he, he had, because I was doing book, I wanted to do something useful. I think through the first three innings, he struck out like six or seven. Yeah. He was just carving us the fuck up. But I mentioned, because he had came out right when I left, because mm-hmm. I could see the field from the parking lot. Yeah. I had mentioned, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he's punching us out. But we're having some pretty deep at bats. Dustin had like yep. a six or seven pitch at bat. Um, the one you, the second at bat you had, you had a long at bat. You know, five or six pitches. Like he's not going to last because even though he's punching all that guys, he's throwing like six or seven uh, pitches per punch out. He's yep. going to run out of gas at some point. Yeah, and unless he did. he's a fucking stallion. But he looked max effort to me. Well, yeah. So the thing is, it's not that he like. We couldn't see him run out of gas, but yeah. he apparently did because he got pulled after I want to say the fourth or the fifth. Yeah, and at that point, like I'll be honest, dude. Like I when, think he only went three when that first pitcher was in there. I was like, man, we're fucked, dude. Like yeah, this can be a throw tough the game. game. Yeah, yeah, this can be tough. But then when he got pulled, that's when I was like, we got this. Like if that's their best pitcher, anything below this, I know we can touch him up. So there's a bunch of back and forth as far as us taking the lead, us losing the lead. Um, Chris didn't really get hit that hard at all. Like, did he shocking. take advantage of that real estate out there in the outfield? Oh, he, yeah, yeah, he did. So it was like, um, but basically where kind of the, the fireworks happen, and it's such a typical, in typical Marlins fashion. Is this a sequel to Vegas? <laughs> you know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas area. Yeah, yeah, not on the podcast. Yeah. So we're sitting there, and there's a, there's a ball that Chris hits, and he hits it back to the pitcher. I was there for this, I think. Were you there for it? Yeah, so let me well let me narrate it then to tell you can tell me if I'm right. Hits the ball back to the pitcher. Pitcher runs it right up to the cut of the grass, flips it to the first baseman. Chris is out, whatever. Yeah. But the guy, the manager for the team, who wasn't even playing, I think he just hit if yes. that but he wasn't playing, goes, Yeah, get that fat motherfucker out or get that motherfucker yes. out, right? Yes. And Chris is like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, like, so you did see that. I saw that. Okay. I left there was one more inning. Because you came up the next inning, and that's when I left. Oh, okay. So you saw him get ejected. I didn't see him get ejected, so it must have been right after I left then. No, he got ejected right after that. I didn't see that. Yeah, because he was pointing at us, telling us that he was going to fucking kill us. No, then I wasn't there for that. Yeah. I remember Andy, good old babyface Andy, yeah. saying that he told Andy he was going to kill him. Yeah. Because so Andy was, he was like, hey like, man, calm he down. He was pointing over in our dugout at guys and doing the, like, cross the neck. This was slit. after I left then, because I wasn't there for this. Yeah, whatever. So... That is hilarious. Who do you gets, think he is? Chris Benoit? I know. So he gets he gets tossed. He gets ejected. <laughs> and then it's just kind of chippy, like back and forth after oh, I bet. that. Like, and it, it got to the point where you knew that the darker it got, if this game got called because of darkness, we were going to be fucked. Well, mostly because like it was going to be nasty. Yeah. Like, like there's going to be a fight. So fast forward to the... We got the lead. We're the visiting team. We took the lead in the top of the eighth. Wow. And what's the score at this point? At this point, we are up by one run. Mrs. McNichol texted me in that it was seven five when uh, we were up by two. Good old Tyler Steve Steph Steffy. Yeah, yeah so yeah, so we we're we we're up by two. <coughs> Excuse me, we we're up by two. Um, 
going into the bottom of the eighth. They scored one in the bottom of the eighth uh, to make it seven to six. And then we started the ninth, and we're like, man, it's getting really dark. So let's try to delay this as long as we can, because if they call it, if they call it in the middle of the inning, it reverts back to the last inning. And guess what? We have the lead, so we win. So we're sitting there, dude. And Chris, Chris calls us all in between. He's like, "Hey, take as long, like take pitches in these at bats, like call time, drag this out as long as you can, because we're trying to get it." Fucking bush leaders. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we're we're trying to run down the clock. I mean, there's no clock. But we're trying to run down the yeah, sun, basically. Yeah. Sundial. Yeah, the sundial. So we're sitting there. There's uh, it's it's kind of a long top of the ninth there. My at bat, so my last at bat. I got walked. So I'm I'd, stunned. How many pitches did you get? Nine pitch at bat? Something like that. It's so my first at bat where I lined out to short. I believe that was full count. Yep. Second at bat, I struck out on three pitches, and then, uh, I got walked in my next at bat. Two balls behind me, one over my head, which I don't know if they're trying to throw at me or what. But um, how do they miss? I don't know. My fourth at bat. So this is this is where it gets good. My fourth at bat, dude. I like take I take a couple pitches. It's like maybe two one a two one count something like that, and there's a ball thrown up and in, like it's up near my shoulders. So I pull a fucking Derek Jeter. <laughs> I'm sitting there and the ball's up near my shoulders, and I turn around. I'm like, ah shit! <laughs> and then I'm just like, I start rubbing my shoulder. <laughs> I'm like, ah! And then that fucking dumbass umpire, dude. He's like, time. He's like, dead ball. He's like, take your base. I'm like, oh, like he bought it. He <laughs> it bought didn't it. hit you? No, it didn't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hit me at all. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, and once I heard him say time, take your base. Like I'm sitting there. I have my back to the umpire and the catcher. I tossed the bat towards the dugout. I went like this. And I winked. <laughs> <laughs> I winked and I smiled and I started trotting down the line, like rubbing my shoulder. Oh, it's so funny. Did, and, now, did you do it in jest? Like, you were just kidding? No. Well, yeah, like, partially I was kidding, but then the other part, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, like, if I'm hit and I'm hurt, then that takes more time. That's true. It's like I took my time getting down to first, and then when I, I get, see what you're doing, you're just, yeah. you're just flopping, basically. Exactly. And when I get down to first, I'm sitting there, I'm like rubbing my shoulder, and then I walk back to the dugout, I go past the umpire, I'm like, damn, dude, I'm gonna have Rawlings across my fucking shoulder tomorrow. And then everyone's all laughing and shit, but. So anyways, um, that's how I did my part to prolong the time. But after that's that... fucking amazing. Yeah, it was Bush, dude. It was so fucking Bush. It was so Bush. Wait till Leisure Fry hears this. He's going to be so disappointed in you. Back in my day. Um, yeah, it was Bush as fuck. So anyways, we go out there for the top of... Or bottom of the ninth. We have one run lead. And another way that we um, go to waste some time is... Tyler had pitched the bottom of the eighth. Yeah. And we were going to put in Dustin to close it out for the bottom of the ninth. Uh-huh. And we go there, and uh, Tyler's like, Chris, he's like, how about instead of just starting the inning with Dustin, oh, make a pitching God. change? He's like, have me throw the first batter and make a pitching change. So Tyler goes up there. First pitch gets hit in the right center for, um, I think it was a double. Yeah. No, single. First pitch gets hit in the right center. Um, and then Chris, he's sitting there waiting and waiting. Tyler gets on the mound, looks in for, the, looks in for a sign, and Chris goes, time, time. And then Chris goes, just moseying on out there, moseying on out. And Tyler should have sold it, like, after he got hit, like, started, like, because, you know, oh, he's had some shoulder injuries. Yeah, you know, yeah. start, like, really uh, really selling the shoulder injury. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I told him after. But So Chris walks out, and he's ta- as soon as he calls time, their dugout's like, oh, here comes the douche. <laughs> and so Chris just comes, like, moseying on out, and then he goes out there, and he's talking to Tyler, and he tells us after, he's like, yeah, I'm just talking, 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 is he was going to talk until the umpire came and made him do something. 
So um, they're talking for a little bit, and I'm trying to play it up like I'm pissed, but yeah. I know exactly what they're doing. I'm like, come on, guys, what the fuck? I was like, I can't see the ball either. Like, playing it up like I was mad. And then Chris is like, all right, all right, Dustin. He calls in Dustin. So Dustin's over there. He's taking as many warm-up pitches as he can take. Uh, no outs in the inning. And then Dustin goes up there, first pitch, uh, strike. And then he's up there, and he tries to pick the guy off of first base. on. The, How uh, many fucking throws over? Oh, it was just one. <laughs> oh, really? And, and here's why. Because it was the first throw over. I saw the ball perfect. But when I caught it, I did one of these and like like the Matrix. I was like, fuck, dude. I was like, throw it slower. I can't see the fucking ball. When I threw it back to him, even though I saw it just fine. <laughs> and then the next pitch, dude, Dustin throws it. And the guy fouls it off over a first base dugout. And Henry, the um, base umpire, uh-huh. he's like, time. He's And he's doing like, cut it. He's like, we're done. We, we can't keep playing. Because Henry couldn't see the foul ball. Oh, it's just too God. dark. So it got called because of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> it got called because of darkness. They had the tying run on first. No outs. Like, they were in a position to at least tie it up. And so he called it, and they were mad as fuck, dude. I don't blame him. Oh, me neither. If it happened to us, we'd be screaming too. But they were mad as fuck. So they wouldn't shake our hands. They wouldn't come out and shake our hands or oh, nothing. Oh, come on, guys. It's not our fault. We finally, we finally like, went over there, and they, like, came out and gave us, like, oh, hey, good game, good game, good game. And then one of their guys started screaming at us like he wanted to fight us. Like, their third baseman. He's like, you guys are fucking bush. You guys are bush as fuck. And then they had guys screaming at us, like, like threatening us and talking shit. And they took the, uh, we're we're talking shit back. And I was like, I was like, what's that scoreboard say? It says we're champs. Like we're we're yelling back and forth and shit. And I'm just like, fuck you. And so uh, we're sitting there, and they get a second place trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. The team before us got one. Yeah. They had them get together. Yeah. They had t-shirts that said, like, runner-up or something like that. Or participant, champion, participant. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have any shirts, but they got a second-place trophy. And so they're, like, their fill-in manager takes a second-place trophy and throws it. Like, he throws it out, like, towards the field. And I'm like, oh, you mad? Put it on a cape. You be super mad. <laughs> and we're just talking all kinds of shit, dude. And we're taking our pictures. And You're embarrassing me. I know, dude. It was... It, I'm telling you. Between, I'm surprised they weren't waiting in the fucking parking lot for you. Whatever happened to the manager? Uh, I don't know, dude. I, well, once he got ejected, it was just kind of over with. Oh, but, good. Um, it was... It was the craziest thing. Like, Kelsey doesn't come to a lot of my games. But yeah, she, she went probably to the won't Vegas. Come in, yeah, she probably won't be coming to this one. No, she actually likes them. Because she's like, you guys are actually good. And you yeah. guys are, like, fun to watch. But she came to the Vegas tournament where that walk-off fight happened. <laughs> and then she came to this game. And I'm like, dude. And I told Chris, I was like, I've had two of the weirdest fucking innings or endings that I've ever had in the last, like, three months since I joined this team. And it's just, it's fucking crazy. But, like, the Marlins, they are... This team that we're on, dude, they are the scrappiest motherfuckers that I have ever played with. Ever. We, we find ways to win. Ever. Dude, Bobby had like two knocks yesterday. Really? Yeah, he came up big. Like, there was a time uh, towards the end. Where, he broke the no-hitter up initially. Yeah, well, towards well, the end. Well, no, Chris did the first the first inning. But yeah, Bobby actually was the first run to score for us. Towards the end, there was runners on first and second. Bobby tried laying down a bunt, and he couldn't get it down. And we're all like, fuck. And then he comes and just lines one into left field for a second hit of the game. It was crazy, dude. It was just like... Defense was on point. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to brag, but you know. you're a fucking picking yeah. machine over there. Yeah. Eric is now deemed hashtag Fat Haas. Yeah. <laughs> Our good old, 
Good old Matt Trout over there. Yeah. Fat Haas fucking is the greatest dude. thing I have ever heard. Asshole. Yeah, it's great for you. That's great. Yeah. Shut so, up. You're shitting on me yesterday on Twitter. Yeah. So we uh, we won the championship, dude. So now uh, we're gonna retool for the fall and uh, all right, all right. move up move up to double uh, A and see how that works for yeah, us. But we'll see. We'll you missed see. a good ending, pal. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did. Yeah. You missed. You missed a good ending. 